A very, very warm welcome to all our listeners across the globe. You're listening to Professor David Block, and every Tuesday from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m., I have the privilege of leading you perhaps on a different journey. Not simple razzmatazz, especially at this time of year, but a journey of achievement, a journey of purpose, a journey of fulfillment, a journey of wholeness. May I ask you this question today as we look up together? How whole are you? How healthy is your mind set? How submissive are you today? How entrepreneurial are you today? What is the degree of your backbone today? These are profound questions which we shall be addressing today on Looking Up with David Block. Do remember that you are most welcome to call into our studio here in Ravonia at any time. The local number is, well, the international number two would be 0861 You can also reach us in studio on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at cliffcentral.com. Many of our listeners prefer the WeChat channel. And the WeChat account is Cliff Central. On Facebook, another very popular medium to reach us is Cliff Central. And on Instagram, at Cliff Central. My personal Twitter handle is at Starry Galaxy Man. That's at Starry Galaxy Man. Feel free to join me as I share the central truths um, on the waves, the Twitter waves. I never thought that a professor would be ever caught tweeting, but my twins have taught Daddy how to tweet very well. And then also on Instagram, you can reach us at Cliff Central. My personal webpage, for those of you who want to read more about what we do and reaching for the stars and how to reach for the stars, is as follows. www.davidblock, David and then B-L-O-C-K, one word, dot C-O dot Z-A. I began the broadcast this um, afternoon here in South Africa by asking some key questions uh, dealing with levels of attainment and also dealing with levels of personal fulfillment. My esteemed guest in the Ravonia studio at Cliff Central today is a man who I have very great respect for, uh, and his name is Keenan Groose. Keenan, a very warm welcome to the Cliff Central Studio. Good afternoon, Prof. How are you doing? I'm just looking up. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, very good. Very good. Very good to be here, and I'm glad to be on your show. And well, it's just awesome to have you here. I'd also like to welcome, while I uh, am uh, introducing you, your beloved parents, Gerhard and Christina Groose, two people for whom I have the utmost respect for, but also a great degree of personal warmth uh, between uh, your parents and uh, myself. Now, Keenan, just to start the ball rolling, I'd love to, if you were to, if I were to give the show today a title, I think it would be as follows, are you hungry and how hungry are you? Are you hungry and how hungry are you? So before we get into uh, that phase, we need to get into, you know, every uh, broadcast has its phases. There's the courting phase and the honeymoon phase and so forth. So we're going to start off very gently, Keenan. You tell me and you tell all our listeners. And again, I'm so proud of Gareth Cliff 
because he told me just before stepping into studio, he told Keenan and I that uh, since August he's had two and a half million podcast downloads. That is new, clearly a new trend in um, in the whole of radio and then moving on to the digital domain. Congratulations to Gareth. It really is awesome. And we'll touch on that in a moment. But Keenan, your background, first of all, where did you grow up, your educational background, and so forth? Thank you, Professor. Um, again, going back onto the, uh, the topic of today's discussion, are you hungry? Um, I believe we just had lunch. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, prof, <laughs> yes, uh, it's a good point that you, that you bring across there. And as I mm-hmm. said, we we will get into it as we as we carry on on the, uh, through this hour mm. um, on the topic of Are you hungry? Basically, motivational. Um, Absolutely. Where I'm going to is this, is that Are you motivated? Um, mm-hmm. So let me start from, from basically from where we come from or where I come from. As, mm-hmm. as you know, you know our family now for, mm-hmm. for quite a few many years. Mm-hmm. You've taught my brother. And, mm-hmm. um, yes, so, again, education size. My, my background started off in uh, Germiston, mm-hmm. grew up there, mm-hmm. went to Germiston High School, then uh, basically moved across to Witz, mm-hmm. where we basically uh, actually got to meet you. At Witz... Yes, the, indeed. Uh, yeah. At the university, my beloved university of the Witwatersrand, <laughs> headed by <laughs> Professor Adam Habib, whom we've had the privilege of interviewing on our show. Now, that's where you sort of were nurtured, was it not, from those Germiston days? That's right. Yeah, basically, again, it started off in our younger years, where it came up to end of uh, grade 12 or matric in those days. What are you going to do? The big question that came up, uh, it's a very daunting question. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very good question. Mm-hmm. How do, where do you go forward in life? You know, what do you want to do and how Absolutely. do we go forward? There's a personal gain as well as obviously gain to society. Yes. What do you want to do? So yes. What do you want to achieve and do and be remembered for? And basically motivated. You know, you need to, you need to do something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was sitting around and basically had to make a call. I, I was very interested in, in, obviously, the aviation background. I was quite active in those days. Um, also with uh, engineering, I was, I was very intrigued how things were put together. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do we go forward? You mm-hmm. know, how do we better mankind? Mm-hmm. So the decision in those days was then let me go into engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, again, uh, very difficult, applied adverts. Mm-hmm. They immediately said to me, um, Maybe you should choose a different career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to motivate myself to get the, the marks required because mm-hmm. they have a, a quite a strict entrance requirement. Absolutely. So it's not just a walk in the park to try mm-hmm. and get into there. Mm-hmm. So I had to motivate it again. Was I hungry? Yes, mm-hmm. I had to. You had to do something. So you were hungry, if I may interject, yeah, to no know how things work. Exactly. You were hungry to move in the vistas of the unknown. Yeah. How does element A fit into element B to into element C? Am I correct, Keenan? Exactly. Um, as I said, uh, a lot of the a lot of my friends at that time, we were eighteen, they did not realize what uh, what that meant. Um, engineering was very uh, complicated and it wasn't exactly your most popular your easiest domain or the most popular thing mm-hmm. to go into you know mm-hmm. it was it was it was a difficult choice you know mm-hmm. we, we you know it's not an easy easy field that we that I decided to go into mm-hmm. so eventually i got motivated i did all the extra subjects required to get into the field mm-hmm. um, basically got the marks and uh, Arrived at Wits in, in, two, uh, in 1999. Started there thinking that the first day we're going to go straight into the uh, the labs where all the good stuff does, where all the fourth years hang out. Um, I was quite mistaken. They put us straight into the um, central block. With We started mm. with math. So the very yes. first subject I ever did was math first year. So yes. Even that day, I got home that day decided, is this the right choice for me? Because I decided, mm-hmm. well, we wanted to play with all the cool things that were mm-hmm. there in Southwest. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, as you as you get uh, older or you mature in in university, you realise very quickly that um, there are certain things that you've got to take a bit of bitter pull, especially if you're hungry. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So there are bitter pulls you've got to take to do mm-hmm. the whole subject, mm-hmm. and eventually got through to fourth year, 
And uh, I basically graduated then in undergrad of in aeronautical engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, still a very good passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, then I uh, decided to carry on. Um, I have a big f- uh, interest in alternative energies, mm-hmm. uh, also very close to me. How do we go forward in life? You know, mm-hmm. we can continue on the cycle that we are at the moment, burning fossil fuels and mm-hmm. and and. Uh, Yes, we can do that till the, the lights go out. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll touch on that lights going out just mm-hmm. now, as, mm-hmm. as we've got mm-hmm. on our agenda. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we need to come up with a different way. Again, motivation to get somewhere in, in life, you know, different uh, um, ways of energy, you know, modern and uh, newer uh, types of energy, different of ways of powering our, ways, our different yes. ways of powering our lifestyle. So yes. I had an, uh, a, quite an interest in, in doing that. So I ended up doing a master's degree in alternative energies, mm-hmm. which is basically deemed as a mechanical mm-hmm. master's in mechanical engineering. So that's just the background, and I'll be not too much boring on that, um, of now, of my course, education. Now, of course, this, of course, leads on to something very interesting in my mindset, because I have the privilege, Keenan, of course, from time to time, uh, of addressing large audiences and small audiences in South Africa and further afield. And it always occurs to me that when I am seated in the Airbus or whichever aircraft I happen to find myself in, uh, there's a tremendous amount to learn as I sit down about what's happening in the cockpit. I know you are, um, you fly yourself and, uh, I'd love you to lead us into, um, some of the key lessons which, uh, you no doubt, uh, would have enacted some of the key decisions you would have enacted uh, with regard to, uh, piloting an aircraft because I recall once flying to Cape Town. And British Airways invited me to be in the cockpit. And I was just so uh, struck by many things. First of all this, the pilots were people, whether they be men or women, were people of great backbone. They sat up straight. They were filled with enthusiasm. They were hungry. For what were they hungering? They were hungering for a different flight, a flight which was different. They were going to Cape Town. They hadn't been to Cape Town before, the, the specific crew. They had come from the UK and, uh, and had flown around Europe. And what struck me is that these were people with a dream. These were people with a vision. These were people with motivation. These were people with Joie de vivre. These were people who wanted to give their passengers an expert ride. But I was the passenger, of course, even though I was in the cockpit. I was a passenger, one of many. And it strikes one that, you know, on autopilot things can just go so right. But sometimes on autopilot things can go so wrong. And that's what interests me is how these pilots know by means of training exactly what to do in crisis mode. Now, when you are hungry in a career, for example, there will be many crises. Why don't you lead us through your personal journey, Keenan, of flight, of flying, and then encountering the unknown and looking up handling crises moment by moment, but almost instantaneously. That's very well put there. As I, as I said, when going through my training, well, the education, I uh, shared a strong passion, which I still do today, of, of the aviation industry. And um, exactly what you said. So I, I've combined passion together with the science behind the flight, you know, and, and especially at an engineering level, I spent quite a few years working on uh, together with Airbus and um, building their magnific- magnificent aircraft. Wow, so you actually worked with Airbus. Yeah, we worked very mm-hmm. close. Mm-hmm. And, um, we awesome. Did, yeah, we did quite a lot of work. I awesome. had the privilege of being at Airbus Bremen for, f- for quite a few times. Mm-hmm. 
And um, basically, from if we can split it into two things about flight um, or aviation, is you get your passion. Um, as you mentioned, the hunger for for pilots, which I am myself. Uh, you got to you got to get up in the morning and you got to want it. You got to mm. want to be hungry. You got to do something. You got to be hungry. You got to want a. Um, well, again, it's easier for a pilot. He's, he's passionate about what he wants to do, so he's motivated to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to the the equipment or the aircraft he flies, uh, it's a complicated, uh, highly complicated group of systems mm-hmm. that are so interacted with each other if mm-hmm. in modern flight today yes. that they get very complicated, and you've got barely seconds if something does go wrong. Uh, they are extremely safe, and the probability of them going down is extremely high. Uh, um, is is low, so basically um, it comes down to I've spent time building these things, mm-hmm. these these machines. Awesome, and awesome. we've put in obviously a lot mm-hmm. of time and effort with uh, the redundancies that they need and of require that. Mm-hmm. So, as you mentioned, flying on autopilot. Um, Things work smoothly. If they do go wrong, you need that highly motivated pilot who actually does not think. He just reacts. Right. Which comes from pure training. Right. You you need to be... You need to be a person that is extremely sharp, extremely fast. And disciplined. And, of course, discipline Mm -hmm. is is probably key. Mm -hmm. You've got to walk through... um, your training, highly disciplined. The moment you make... uh, The moment you start cutting corners in that field... Um, things go wrong, and mm-hmm. they do go wrong horribly. Mm-hmm. But again, it comes down to um, the discipline, the, mm-hmm. the the motivation of, mm-hmm. of of these guys, these men and women that fly these machines. And uh, we've got a lot of respect for them, and they do an extremely good job. So on that background, you know, uh, uh, as I mentioned before, those, those machines are complicated. And, um, yeah, basically... Uh, and of course, as you say, and correctly so, uh, it's a highly um, complex system, um, interactive system, and you can put it on autopilot. But herein lies a question for our listeners across the globe. Are you on autopilot today? Are you simply cruising along with no goals and no motivation? Are you on autopilot today, or are you actually in crisis mode? Now, if you're on autopilot, there are great dangers. I know in my own personal career, Keenan, if I'm on autopilot just cruising, I know, I know that I am not at the cutting edge by any means of my dreams, my aspirations, my goals. If I'm cruising, I'm not hungry. I know that it takes tremendous drive and effort to be at the cutting edge. So you've got the autopilot mode, the cruising mode, the comfortable mode, the need-met mode, but then you have a different mode, and that's the mode which I appreciate about you, hearing of your expertise in Airbus and so forth, and piloting as well, is that you understand that the real acid test of a person's character is when they're not in autopilot mode, but um, in the decision-making mode, moment by moment by moment. Am I correct, Keenan? Yeah, definitely. Um, again, as going back to the whole thing, motivation is, is, is what we need. You know, human beings, we need to be motivated. We need to do something. You know, we need to get up in the morning and do something Absolutely. constructive. We need to. At the cutting um, edge, right? Yeah, you gotta mm-hmm. follow your passion. You gotta follow your dream. You gotta help society. You, I there's agree. A, there's a lot of things that you can, you know, we can do selfishly. But we need to uh, we need to give back to society as well, mm-hmm. and as you mentioned, you can go around go about your daily business on an autopilot, um, which is what most of us do. You know, most of us we do. get we get caught yes. in it. We get what yes. There's a classical word for it, and it's called the rat race, mm-hmm. which we all belong mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's got to be a way that uh, you know you yourself as an individual can get out of the rat race. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do that if you're not hungry or if you're not motivated. Mm-hmm. You know, the philosopher Kierkegaard said it so well. He said he wrote a chapter 
uh, Duncan. Cool Duncan is my audio engineer. Uh, you are listening to Professor David Block, and we are interviewing Keenan Groose on the uh, broadcast on the show, the digital streaming, looking up with Professor David Block. And our studio number is 0861-555-189, the WeChat account Cliff Central, Facebook Cliff Central, and Instagram at Cliff Central. But I'd like to come back to that whole theme again, as you say, of hunger and of cruising. Mm. And Kierkegaard wrote a chapter called The Individual. And in that chapter, Kierkegaard says, never ever follow the herd. And I think, I tend to think in my field of expertise, you know, uh, thinking of the great minds, Newton and Einstein and so forth, that uh, they never, ever followed the herd. Uh, these were men with vision. These were people with drive. These were people who stayed at the cutting edge. These were people who left a legacy. I often say to people around the world, in a hundred years you're not here anymore on terra firma, what legacy, what legacy will you be leaving to your children and indeed to the world? Think of Thomas Alvarez. Alva Edison. Think of him trying that 3,000 times before developing the first practical electric light globe. And what did he do? His legacy is that he lit up the world. And my challenge to all our listeners, uh, Keenan, is are you lighting up your world? Not, not your home. Are you lighting up the phase space of your world. And that's something which I love so much in just watching you grow all these years, Keenan, is that you do love to stay and move at the cutting edge. But now, of course, you have got great contacts with Vitz, uh, as do I. I'm a professor there. Tell me about the standards uh, at universities today, and especially at WITS, for those of our listeners who might be thinking, globally so, about standards worldwide regarding uh, aerospace, aeronautical engineering, and mechanical engineering. Yeah, um, one sec on that, I'll come right back to that. I just wanted to bring an example of where we're sitting today is a perfect example of a motivated person, Gareth himself, who built up he broke away from the crowd. He built up he did. this and uh, radio, as he calls he it. He did. So mm-hmm. there's a good there's a good example already mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we're sitting in a, in a in a new environment Absolutely. of not broadcasting. Absolutely. You know, through the standard channels. And he could have remained in his comfort zone, but he didn't. Yeah. So there's another good, in, you know, informative mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. basically a guy who stuck out from the crowd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to Vitz, yes, good point. Um, Again, Wits has always Wits has always been um, a very good university. Our many good professors, as we know, uh, have come from there and mm-hmm. have taught. And um, this, the, what I enjoyed about my years there was the, the way that we were taught from fundamentals, uh, principles of flight, most mechanical things, which are um, you know Newton's laws, gravity, those type of things, which mm. are constant. Mm. They are taught to you properly. Mm. They do not change. Right. So. For us to, or the guys to have grasped it 50 years ago, does not make a difference in today. Mm-hmm. So standards should remain the same. We are not ever changing those laws. They are bound. They are in concrete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, coming to this, uh, you know, as you mentioned, the standards, how do we go forward? How do we train mm-hmm. people? Mm-hmm. Why are standards dropping everywhere if mm-hmm. we're looking? Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting point, and, and somehow I don't think we're going to solve that here mm-hmm. today. But the the fact that um, I you know I do I'm an external examiner as well every mm-hmm. year I do fourth years, mm-hmm. and unfortunately you know the internet helps and doesn't help us. Mm. We we get a lot of people copying and just putting stuff on mm. in the older Stick days. Stick and paste, yes. Yeah, I, I have seen a lot of that, and mm-hmm. it's what we call filler. You know, the guys full pages and they mm. drop off a 200-page mm. report and you think mm. you guys spent three months doing it, but he actually spent four hours. And that's, that's I've what I've I've seen that noticed. all the time. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, how do you mark it? Because it's, do, do you go along pl- plagiarism? 
do you go along? Um, has a guy learnt anything? You know, he's mm. just taking off stuff that's so easy to copy. You know, mm. so those things I've noticed quite a bit. That's that the guys are doing is that um, you know we we tend to make life easier for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Again, that whole a whole topic of motivation is not coming mm. in. People mm. are too quick to to sit mm. back and say, oh, "I'll just copy something quickly." Mm. Um, again, the whole standard comes to motivation because mm. you get taught those principles which are cast in stone. Mm. They do not change. So it doesn't make life always difficult, um, uh, any difficult in, in engineering. I can understand these other fields, medical fields, which they have to be constantly um, evolving. Uh, again, because things are changing all the time. So I understand it's a bit more difficult there. But your basic principles in engineering remain the same. So why do why are our standards dropping? Mm-hmm. You know, certain mm-hmm. in certain areas. I'm mm-hmm. not, uh, as I said, mm-hmm. don't quote mm-hmm. anything I'm saying here mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. But what I have noticed, and so um, I don't know how to go about it. I don't know how we can uh, basically get motivation into people. That's a personal decision. You got to be motivated to do it yourself because we are so focused on the degree, the, the actual piece of paper, mm-hmm. that um, we are not actually learning what that thing meant. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, the day that is so true. I mean, I was asked by Professor Habib, our vice chancellor, to address a certain group of people. Sitting next to me was um, Mr. King of the King Commission. And uh, I just sensed in meeting Mr. King that uh, here was a man with tremendous vision, tremendous, uh, you know, he was just so hungry at. Um, I'm not sure if he's in his late 70s or early 80s, but what struck me is that here's a man who said that before Christmas he's got three overseas trips. Here's a man um, who reminds me of Professor Ken Freeman, Keenan, who's the father of dark matter in our universe, a man well in his 70s now and uh, who probably travels overseas once per week, and I'm not exaggerating that as I'm talking to you right now. He is in India and is well into his 70s. So it strikes me that you can be 30 and on autopilot. You can be 40 and on autopilot. And you can be 75 and moving, uh, scratching, being at that cutting edge, not cruising, not allowing anyone, including one's husband or wife, to dictate one's dreams, one's visions of steering the wind and the waves. One has to move at the cutting edge. Merv- um, King, Mr. King keeps on scratching at the cutting edge. And I think that that's what really has caused the lack of standards and a drop in standards generally globally is that people, Keenan, uh, tend to t- rely on technology. They become lazy. Their brains become totally lazy. I had a student uh, and I asked him or her the distance to the sun and they calmly replied 40 kilometers. Now, I think, Keenan, you would know that if the sun, Duncan, were 40 kilometers away, we'd be baking, frying, and boiling simultaneously. But uh, it doesn't make sense to have the sun 40 kilometers away. But somehow, because we've made a mistake on our laptop or our calculator that our beloved mommy or daddy gave us for free, uh, together with our free 4 by 4 and everything else, um, I grew up in very different eras when we worked for our degrees. We worked very hard for our degrees. We were very proud of the piece of paper. If any of us said the sun was 40 kilometers away, we would have been expelled on the spot. So I think that technology does have a large part to play in this, and especially the word L for laziness. Now, moving on to another topic, we spoke of Thomas Alva Edison, who lit up the world, Kenan. And uh, yesterday, uh, you know, Duncan, I was driving along um, Henrik Potgitter and all the lights were out. Now, it's very interesting is this. When the lights go out, it's very rare to find a pointsman. It's very, very rare to find a pointsman. But 
when traffic fines need to be issued, it's extremely easy to find 10 uh, uh, metro police on your on your tail. But uh, uh, as this is unradio and uncensored, yesterday I drove for kilometers. All the lights, the robot lights were out, and you could not see one pointsman on duty. Now, Heidi, I know that you get very worked up. That's Heidi Gruse when I talk about these matters uh, because you feel equally frustrated as I do. That's Kenan's sister, Heidi. Uh, but, you know, I put this down to laziness, uh, not only in regards to um, pointsmen on duty, but I'd like your input as an engineer as to what is happening in our country. Uh, clearly, um, Unlike Edison, who lit up the world, um, things here are growing darker, literally speaking. Um, what's actually happening in this phase space, um, apart from salaries of CEOs increasing? Yeah, that's a very touchy, good point you're bringing and up. And it's right unradio now. and uncensored, so oh, go for it. Okay, here go the gloves off. <laughs> Um, yes, good point. Again, everyone's uh, fully aware of the, the situation in terms of load shedding. Uh, a good point we brought up over lunch, why load shedding in summertime? You know, why wasn't it in the middle of winter? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It comes to a, pla- a, a point we'll carry on a little bit later yes. on about planning. Yes, um, a lot, it's a lot to do on the engineering level. If I had to analyze what's what should be going on, what's going on, um, it purely comes down to your maintenance schedules. You know, that's what we have been told by by the authorities, mm-hmm. that that's what's busy going on. Mm-hmm. Again, weather does play a bit of a part of it. So in the defense, probably, um, you know, a bit of a colder snap that popped out of nowhere. But contingent plans need to be in place. Yes. You know, we've got it's hydro systems planning. that mm-hmm. should, uh, you should not use your hydro uh, um, generation plants to, to use as a continuous. They Absolutely. use that for your top-up. So mm-hmm. if there is a spike that pops out of nowhere, they mm-hmm. start up a, a hydro pot within a few minutes. Um, so again, uh, it'll come down to high-level planning on, on uh, other guys, are they even going through with their plans? Mm-hmm. You know, there was talk about them even getting their own load-shedding schedules wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we know how frustrating it is. We'll mm-hmm. plan. We mm-hmm. move stuff around, mm-hmm. deep freezes, deep frost, things like that, mm-hmm. that Okay, fine. We're in this position. You know, we can jump up and down if you don't have a, ge- a generator, right. which is also very expensive to mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. But um, you get a plan and you say, fair enough, we'll give mm-hmm. you guys uh, some grace and uh, mm-hmm. tell me when you're going to switch the power on so I can do my own planning. Mm-hmm. And they get that wrong as well. Mm-hmm. So that's, that is frustrating to all of us at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, would you say it's maintenance? I would uh, definitely. Well, end of the day, mechanical device is not working. Something's gone wrong. You know, mm-hmm. silos are collapsing. Guys are not. Guys are probably, they, they do give lifespans. You know, anything mechanical mm-hmm. will break. Mm-hmm. It's exactly like an aircraft. Mm-hmm. If you do not mm-hmm. do a maintenance, I guarantee right. everything will come out the air. Right, right. So uh, they use exactly the same turbines, you know, the same principle in, mm-hmm. in the gas turbines as well as the steam generator turbines. Mm-hmm. They need to be replaced. They need to be maintained, which means obviously while they're being maintained, they've got to be out of off the grid, which means you've got to allocate, you know, re- relocate the power. Mm-hmm. Through different grids, through different power stations, mm-hmm. you can't just say all of them are being maintained at the same time. Right. So again, it's, it's a massive, organ- right. it's a massive planning that needs right. to be done. Right. So yes, obviously, you no know, power means the <laughs> mechanical issues with the generating mm-hmm. plants, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. why aren't they working? Because mm-hmm. they're not maintained. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's my my personal mm-hmm. opinion on. Mm-hmm. On why we don't have the power, mm-hmm. and again, it does not. You can't. You can't go down to the, the corner cafe and buy a, uh, a power station. You no, know, these things no. take ten years to be yeah. built. But you know, there's very interesting analogies here, Keenan, uh, and that's the following: is that um, it teaches us a very important lesson. Is that um, you know, the Bible says, without a vision, the people perish. I would also say, without a plan, people die. Uh, stations and silos stop working. You know, my career, Kenan, and yours uh, didn't just happen. Uh, I decided to become, uh, you know, um, uh, study the morphology of spiral galaxies and enter the field of applied mathematics. Uh, but that took 
uh, a tremendous degree of planning, not by my father, not by my mother, but by myself. It took planning. I, you know, I couldn't say to myself, well, hopefully, you know, in 10 years' time or in 8 years' time, uh, you know, I'll be awarded uh, my PhD. That will never happen. I tell my beloved students at WITS, 250 of them, Keenan, uh, that knowledge doesn't osmose from my head into their head. One has to plan. You have to wake up in the morning and have a plan. What is it I want to achieve? We see electricity and grids falling apart uh, across our country. And as you have said, and you have got all the expertise in this area, I have none in this specific area, of electricity and so forth, but the planning and lack thereof, one has to maintain one's career. One does. One has to prune one's career. What branches, uh, listeners, do you have growing on your tree today uh, which need to be pruned? You know, Keenan, as I watch gardeners, I'm always amazed how they take trees and prune them. Uh, it seems so harsh on the tree and sometimes so drastic on the tree that some of the choicest of branches apparently to the pruner are not the choicest of branches and need to be cut off because they're taking off too much sap from the tap roots and they know that the choicest fruit will not um, endure. And so the pruner comes um, and with his pruning devices comes Keenan and takes that tree and takes those apparently beautiful branches but side branches which are taking off sap from the tap root and they are causing them, they diverting energies. And I think that that's perhaps what we're having in this country is energy is being diverted. So we were without power in the Northcliffe area, so Cape Town might have power. It's a diversion of energy. I do not believe in diverting energy. I believe in mainstream energy throughout the country. What would your thoughts on that be? No, very true. You know, coming back to your planning um, point, Planning is, planning basically comes down to um, your daily life. You know, there, there are people of, you know, that say, well, why plan? You know, just live life. Mm. It's very tricky. You know, you've you got to plan um, basically your, your, your every step. You know, guys are always on about financial planning. You know, mm. are you going to get to the end? Are you going to make, Absolutely. are you going to be a burden on the people around you? Absolutely. You know? So that's one mm. part of the planning. You know, mm. everything, you know, how do you plan your route? From mm. your house to your work, mm. you know. Now, absolutely, that's beautiful. Especially today, with absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's a nightmare in planning my route from the Ravonia Studios back home <laughs> without any power. It's a nightmare. It can take me up to one or two hours to get back home from Ravonia to Northcliffe. I mean, it literally is unheard of. But we have a very interesting question here. Uh, Keenan, mm. and uh, let me just read it to you. Uh, you're listening to Professor David Block, and I have the great privilege of interviewing an esteemed friend of mine, Keenan Groose. And uh, we, I've come to know and admire the Groose family very much. Uh, uh, Heidi Groose, Robert Groose, uh, and their beloved parents. Uh, Gerhard and Christina Gruss. Now the question is this. Uh, it's rather a statement, but something we can comment on. Uh, this is a question from Inappropriate, and I believe his name is indeed Inappropriate. So I'll have to comment on that just now. But uh, Inappropriate writes uh, or asks, politicians and all the people in government don't know anything about science and technology. That's why they find it, find it hard to meet the demanding needs of the people, of the people. Most of our challenges are technological and scientific, not political, quote, unquote. Your answer and thoughts on that, Keenan? Very good point. It's straight to the roots. Um, again, uh, coming on from the management there's two sides, uh, for example, like uh, my analogy with the pilot versus the aircraft. Mm -hmm. You've got a highly sophisticated system, mm -hmm. ESCOM or an Airbus, mm -hmm. that needs to be run by people that have been trained extremely well. 
Mm-hmm. You know, again, coming from the whole Absolutely. thing about the hunger of learning how to Hungry. do the, si- mm-hmm. the science behind it, not just the paperwork. So now you you got these people that generated these systems, mm-hmm. um, men, women, whatever. They uh, um, built these systems, these power stations. Yes. However, they can only go so far in keeping them running. Yes. They need planning from above as well. Yes. When that collapses, money dries up, maintenance schedules disappear. Right. They don't, and it gets frustrating. You cannot put in old parts into a, a new machine. No, or you something. can't. They're not going to last good. long. Mm-hmm. So it, the the um, listener is extremely right. They, you know, you, you have to, uh, how can I say, without being too blunt, we have to do something about this. We have to take back and get the right people, the right mm. equipment for mm. the right price. Mm. And how do we do that? That's mm. a very good South African question at the moment. Mm. You know, so that we all have the lights, so that we don't have to be extremely mm. planful tonight when we drive home. Yeah. So there are people that mm. are being trained through mm. the universities that mm. we've been through. Mm. Give them what they need. Mm. Um, allow them to do their jobs. Mm. Plan for them as well. Mm. Um, when it says, guys, you've got December yeah. to take that plant apart yeah. and put it back together. Yeah. What do you need? Yep. Those guys that are asking the questions, what do you need? Mm. They are not doing their jobs. Yes. Well, you know, uh, Keenan, I often feel in Duncan that I need some paint because I'm very white indeed and pale at that. They call me male, pale, and frail. But the important thing is that uh, I believe that uh, when one applies for a position anywhere in the world, Anywhere in the world, Keenan. Uh, I've been a guest uh, investigator and a guest academic at Harvard University, at Caltech, and many more besides. But I believe that uh, these universities, especially the Ivy League ones, make choices on the basis of the best candidate for the position, the most highly skilled, the most highly trained. I remember once very vividly uh, lecturing at the University of Fort Hare in Alice, And uh, times were very tough. It was in the 1980s. Times were very tough indeed, Keenan, and especially for the students. Buildings were going up in flames. The Siskai police were exceedingly ruthless. They used to beat the students to pulp. And uh, it it was dreadful times to live in. But I was privileged to mentor um, one student in particular, and uh, this student shone above the others. He just radiated passion. Uh, let me say this. Passion is not taught. Passion is caught. I say it again. Passion is not taught. Never. Passion is caught. And uh, this young student, I could see, provided I could light his candle or be an instrument to light his candle, he would achieve unprecedented heights. And uh, I'm very proud to say today that uh, this gentleman uh, has grown up, uh, became, got married, uh, had a child who's now in London. But the interesting thing is that he's also chairman of one of the largest banks in the world. And what's very interesting about that is he was hungry. Uh, he was hungry all along. Now he controls billions of dollars, billions of dollars. He attends the World Bank meeting, meetings and thus forth. But the key point is that he was the best person to guide this bank into the new era. And that's what I believe about uh, education and about the corporate space is that give uh, space for everyone independent of color or creed to uh, scratch at their cutting edge. You are listening to Professor David Block. I have the singular joy of interviewing Keenan Groose, studio number 0861-555189. The WeChat is the most popular feed to reach us on, uh, Cliff Central. You can join me. Uh, on at Starry Galaxy Man. We are going to take a two or three minute break now, listening to something which is very important in your life and mine, and that is the question of seasons. And of course, Vivaldi wrote so much about the winter, the composed music about the spring, the autumn, and the summer. Two minutes of Vivaldi, and then we link up again with Keenan Gruse. 
A very warm welcome again from Professor David Block and you're joining me looking up with David Block. We have been covering uh, multitudes of rich soils this afternoon here at cliffcentral.com here in studio in Johannesburg, South Africa. And we know that and we are so aware of people listening to, listening to us from Alaska, from Chicago, from Los Angeles, and from further afield. Now, of course, uh, Keenan, uh, one of the key issues uh, is energy. But just before I uh, harp on that point and focus on that point, I'd like to just congratulate Inappropriate yet again, because we both just were commenting during the break on how uh, appropriate Inappropriate's question is. Uh, politicians, he says, and all people in government don't know anything about science and technology. That's why they find it hard to meet the demanding needs of the people. Uh, and that's where I'd stop. The demanding needs of the people. Our people need water. Our people need roads. Our people need electricity. We don't need senior people in government, for example, to be driving fancy four by fours. Um, I've, I've seen streets where my car hits a puddle. I nearly do a four by four flip, as it were. Um, uh, yet the salary of uh, the person in charge of the road affairs is earning a magnitude or two magnitudes more. I know of people who are earning 62,000 rand every day while I experience the glory or not the glory of going over some rather rustic potholes, some of which are so deep that you can swim inside them. So I uh, salute uh, inappropriate for a most appropriate thought. Now, um, Keenan, with regard to energy, uh, take us through in the next two to three minutes on sustainable energy, renewable energy, and these sorts of energies, you know, nuclear fusion, atomic energy, and so forth, solar energy. Uh, clearly, we, you know, worldwide, one is running out of energy, or the needs of the people demands energy. Yeah, good, good question. Um, Prof, as I, uh, I was just recently in Germany uh, for a trade show for, for my current business that I'm in, and uh, it's quite interesting to go through a, a country like that. Um, they are extremely, they're on the cutting edge of, of new sustainable energy. They, they're looking down biofuels. They're looking down the roads of um, obviously solar. A bit, but, uh, you know, for Europe, we've got mostly cloud cover that they're using solar, but they're using it. A wind turbine, wind generation. Um, I believe they are steering away from nuclear power. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of uh, controversy around Absolutely. what happened in Japan. Absolutely. So we, we do have um, – we have got our work cut out for us. You know, I'm no expert in the field of uh, energy mm -hmm. generation mm -hmm. or how we're going forward. Mm -hmm. But just on a mere comment, mm -hmm. we've we got to find um, cleaner ways. You know, we've mm -hmm. identified now that humankind can destroy this planet. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very reality mm -hmm. that, that we are faced mm -hmm. and generations to come. So, you know, we, we have to do something about it. We have to sit down and think, you know, so that um, we do come up with uh, a s sustainable energy that mm. can be filtrated into households and everywhere else. There is a mm. cheaper version at, mm. you know, solar, for example, or, 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 you know, with the modern LED lights, it makes mm. life a lot easier to bring mm -hmm. down the, the actual energy required per household, mm -hmm. you know, with solar mm -hmm. geysers and small Absolutely. wind turbines and mm -hmm. things like that. So mm -hmm. slowly we're getting there. The technology is bringing us there. I don't know if we need to accelerate it, mm. but the convenience of, mm. of you know, coal, mm. burning coal and burning mm. fossil fuels is still there. Mm. And it's very easy just to go to those uh, stations and fill up. But something, something we, ha we have to do something on, on, on modern generation. Now, Keenan, one, one aspect of your life which I find very interesting is you married to Natalie and she's got a career, you've got a career, you're both blossoming, you're both entrepreneurs. Tell me about something more personal, your work-life balance. I mean, clearly, uh, Natalie loves to work, you love to work, you love life, you love family, but you both are working. You both are at the cutting edge. I know Natalie is, and I know you are. You both um, 
pilots in uh, very true senses of the word. Uh, you know, now clearly you've both, not just one, but both of you have struck a very delicate balance between work and life. But both of you have. It hasn't been left just to the one or to the other partner, but both are at the cutting edge. Tell me how you attain that day by day. Is it planning? Um, yeah, definitely. It comes down to there are times where it is, tif- uh, is difficult. You know, in modern society, the pressures that are on us, especially when you have two company owners that um, have their own needs and requirements. And, yes. You know, it's not as easy as knocking off at 5 o'clock and things like no. that. So, mm. yeah, and then, of course, you still got to get home and you've got the two little ones uh, reaping, reaping mm-hmm. havoc at mm-hmm. your house. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's very difficult and sometimes, but rewarding in the next there are goals that we set each other, and you know we you discuss these goals at home. Of course, you yes, have to. You good. have to plan mm-hmm. what we're going to do. You have to plan. For example, this week is my week. Natalie's in in uh, Namibia training up there. She's got a complement of about a hundred and something teachers awesome. that she's training there awesome. at the moment. So, in other words, you you share. We have to share. You share. It's, it's not way. that it's Keenan's baby no. or Natalie's baby, but you're actually sharing. You have to. You mm-hmm. have to take plan you've got to respect each other's dreams and passions and goals you've got to um yeah you've got to support each other and you notice the more you support the opposite you know your partner the more they support you and things do mm. work out a lot easier mm. that way mm. we've you know we we um we've taken on a lot this year uh, in terms of our businesses and that at least starting a new training center now mm. so um yeah we've got that and uh, other stresses of building a house and things like that on our shoulders at the moment but you've got to find a way you've got to navigate through the storms and you basically just got to respect each other and then of course um you know a three and a four-year-old and a, and a almost mm. two-year-old they, they're quite demanding, so uh, you've got to give them a lot of time as well. You so can. what you are saying, Ken, and if I hear correctly, is you listen to Natalie's dreams, but equally so, Natalie, uh, your beloved wife, listens very dearly so to your dreams and helps you to aspire to your dreams just like you assist her to aspire to her dreams. I think that's awesome that she's in Namibia, uh, deeply involved with the Montessori schools, I believe, a hundred people with her. I, I, I just find this whole issue of balance in your home a very poignant one indeed. The question of listening and of focusing on one another's dreams within the husband-wife unit. That's right, yeah. And again, coming back to Are You Hungry? The motivation of behind it um, you've got to be motivated from both sides. And, um, you know, we both are extremely motivated. So it makes life easier in that we're both tugging forward. Yes. The, the, the complication comes into how do we balance that tugging forward in your direction, my direction, our direction. So that's basically what we spend time on. And we discuss these things. We, uh, and as I said, I've supported her a lot and vice versa. You know, when I'm down and out, she supports me. And, awesome. And, and that's how we do it. And mm-hmm. you just got to make it work. Mm-hmm. You've been listening to Professor David Block interviewing Keenan Gruse. It's just been a singular joy and honor, Keenan, to have you in studio. The time has truly f- flown. Duncan, our audio engineer with us today. Uh, Palissa, our producer. And... The question I ask you is, are you hungry? How hungry are you? Are you in the comfort zone? Are you on autopilot? Or are you scratching at the cutting edge, leaving a legacy to light up not your home, but the world? This is Professor David Block signing out.